yeah, a, a prolapsed anus is a different thing from a, a hernia, no. Chad. Okay, I'm sorry. But, yeah, okay, but hold on. Hold on. There is a thing, and I'm hating them having to Google this. Oh, God. I'm trying to be careful with it, but like when I was. When Chad was young high school athlete, Chad okay. football playing uh, all state, Chad. I know, and I you have a lot of expertise. You started young. I t- <laughs> uh, you're you're a pro athlete. I get it. I'll say this much: young men who lift weights are the least reliable people to in- to listen to for scientific <laughs> scientific or physiological advice. I will tell you that much. They are bulldozers of testosterone that barrel their way into strength they do not have any sort of scientific backing for their gains oh i i i gotta say this is so hard to find because i am finding so much bad fetish stuff that i'm not into trying to find proof of i need to clarify what i was told okay okay that if you're weightlifting and you're not wearing like i think the part of um the belt uh the, the belts are for that it's like to keep your like muscles and insides like tight but you were worn all the time like you gotta be careful when you're lifting because you might have the equivalent of a hernia like a massive hernia and it'll push all of your organs out through your butthole (laughs) and they'd show you photos they'd show you like crime photos of like this happened to this guy i think chad you got scared straight i am i gonna watch a video right now called weightlifting bench press fall accidents intestines fall out bloopers compilation yes do not do it please do not do it for the love of Jack Archer, do not do it. Oh God. Oh, okay. Like it's it's something. At some point, you your muscles can be too strong and too big inside you, and instead of pushing outwards, they just go. Everything inside comes out of the body right now. Chad, why do you want to live in a world where that's true and not in a world where Paul knows what he's talking? About? Wouldn't you rather be aware of it so it doesn't happen to you? He's right. It's just like how Nickelodeon warned us about Inside Out uh, kid who went around the pole of the of the swing set and turned inside out it was a, it was a what? Gr- it was a good warning you don't remember inside out kid oh, sorry what not the pixar inside out kid what what inside out kid he went around he swung around the the, the jungle gym a full time on the swing and it turned his body inside out and then his insides of his body were on the outside i don't even understand how the physics of that would work well he went all the way around the swing set chad what are you not getting chad it's it's an <laughs> incredible achievement do you not understand what this child did okay so if you get pushed on the swing and you go all the way up at some point when you hit 180 degrees high your body just inverts i believe swing set kid pulled himself up by his bootstraps and just went around the swing set i don't think he was pushed around the swing you have to do it yourself you can't have help with that no the body knows. You wouldn't be strong enough to withstand the inside-out forces if somebody pushed yes. you. You need, you need the integrity. Like sure. Well, so you don't want anyone else's guilt over what's going to happen to you. Right. 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 This is like the mad scientist equivalent of like I'm going to experiment on myself so no one else gets hurt. All of the children who tried to do it with friends died for sure. <laughs> speaking of chi- speaking of children of dying, I had an idea for this since this is the only. Part two of a book that we were ever going to get in Goosebumps history, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there could be a future one, but as far Arlo as- might try a new one. Yeah. yeah. As far as we know, this is the only time that we'll ever get a part two. And I was thinking about it. We're going into this book, right? With a little bit of knowledge. We we know who the kid is. We know what happened to them in the last book. We know where their life situation is at right now. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to make a wish- of what we would love to see happen in this book before we read it. And I said, Paul, that's a wonderful sentiment. I, I think wishes in general are good. It's nice to have expectations. It's mm-hmm. nice to be a bit of a literary scientist about this mm-hmm. and make a yeah. hypothesis mm-hmm. and see it tested in, in the in the lab that is RL's uh, work. 
This is what science is. In yeah. in RL's mind lab. Yeah. But you read the book before you- I right. read the book before you told me to make a wish about <laughs> before it. Before I proposed so. the wish. I don't have a true pure unicorn wish for this, so you guys might have to carry me a little on this. Chad, Chad please please lead the class in a wish. Okay, so uh, I, I bow my head. Yeah. And the wish that I made before I read this by Squeezers Part 2. Yeah. This is such a strange format. Uh, <laughs> it was, was that uh, Mr. Flushman, our mm-hmm. uh, special effects agent, would make a such a realistic and believable evil antagonist alien that they would scare the body squeezers away. Ooh, that's a good wish. That would have been a great ending. It didn't happen. We're just going to say that. Yeah, right would, would have made a fake out. Would have yeah. been the way, you know, Wiley e. Coyote makes a, a fake uh, road for the Roadrunner. Some sort of thing like that where that, the alien's like, oh my god, it's so it's so scary. We, let's get out of here. Yeah, he'd make like a scarier alien and then that would scare the aliens. That would be very RL too. Is like there's always a scarier alien. A scarelian, if you will. But then yeah. but then it would end with um the everyone'd be like, Wow, Mr. Fleshman, that was the scariest alien we've ever seen. You were great. He'd be like, that's not the alien I made <laughs> <laughs> I, I think reading these books has made me so jaded to that type of ending that I just I just see them coming and all I do is I think about them now. Uh, my wish was that uh, Jack Archer becomes best friends with the body snatcher before the end of the book. And uh, I know this is a second wish, but I really ho- was hoping that it would kill for him. Wait, when you say kill for him, like, like it would it would like kill a thi- like kill something or someone for him, like it would murder for him. <laughs> That was my wish. I mean, that would have been great. It would have been cool. I, I had a wish a few chapters in, or like one chapter of this book, which is he'd become friends with that alien too. And there and it like, is. It'd be, it'd be like a buddy kind of thing. But I briefly thought my wish was going to come true, but then I realized that it's called body squeezers and that it would not, if he was going along with my wish, the things would not have worked out well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome to Goosebuds. <laughs> Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Chad. I'm Kevin. And we are, uh, as said before, we are reading the only two-part book series in RL's pantheon of, of books. Uh, each of them gods in their own ways. Some good <laughs> gods, some bad gods. But this is the only two-parter one. Would this be Janus? I guess so. You need a little bit of both. You need some good. You need some bad. That's what makes the stories fun. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's gods. That's gods, baby. Yeah, so we uh, are, if you've listened to this episode first, you might want to go back and listen to part one, a separate episode right before this. Or don't. Do whatever you want. We're just happy you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, It does remind me of something I wanted to talk about, just to, to lay out the very general hook of this book for y'all as we try to go through what the what the plot is and analyze it and give it the hard-hitting critiques they deserve. Is, of course. This is a uh, second heart of a book about a young boy named Jack Archer. Who does sound like a Tom Clancy uh, agent? Yep. Who is convinced that aliens are landing, and he is mocked by all of his friends. And this first book ended with uh, meteorites falling to the ground and green turtle-looking men. You see them on the cover; they're pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come out and are just going to take over. And also, he has a neighbor named Mister Flushman, who was a presumably FBI agent slash special effects master. He's a Tom Tom Savini. Is that who that is? Yeah, From, yeah, 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 yeah. We said he was like a Tom Savini type guy. Yep. If Tom Savini was 
Agent 47. That's a great combo there. Mm-hmm. I'd, re- I'd watch that. I would absolutely watch that. I um, I really love the cover for this one because there's a kid getting touched by one of the body squeezers. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening. He's like transcending. The bottom right of the... If you, if you pull up the body squeezers <laughs> Series 2000 cover, someone who is listening, uh, there's a kid. It looks like he's holding T-bone steak in one hand. <laughs> and he's... He's blissing out on his face. Yeah, yeah. He's about to show me how to cook that on a YouTube short. <laughs> Who are these kids? Let me ask that because this cover, <laughs> this cover has three boys on it. I presumably three boys, and uh, I yeah. don't know that any of them are Jack Archer. I don't know that any of them are. Maybe they're his two friends. I guess that could be it. But this scene never happens. And also in the background, we see massive rocks, death rocks that would would have destroyed the town if they had fallen from space. Uh, with yeah. aliens riding them full-sized with, th- with flames erupting off of them, which is not how it happens in the book. I mean, it looks yeah. rad as hell. It does. They are <laughs> surfing those rocks. It's radical, but it's not what like it's not it what happens in the book. And then look, I'm not gonna say that Jacobus always has to do it like the book says, but you know, uh, it sets a certain expectation. This is one of the first times that Jacobus's illustration I thought matched the description in the book, though. Of the way RL, we often talk about how, like in previous books, like the cover was clearly done first, and then RL just like, yeah, or did it simultaneously, where he wrote a monster that looks very different than what was described. These are like pretty much how RL writes them, and I wonder if it's because it was like a two month process. This one, he's like, oh, that's what they look like. Okay, cool, all right, I can I can write that. But didn't we learn that Jacobus does the art first? And then RL does the thing. Yeah. So, like, I think he probably is just describing his own cover. Usually he is, I guess. Yeah, sometimes I guess RL just doesn't care. I don't know. He just doesn't, doesn't match it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, these these monsters are rad. I, I remember that I, as a kid, when I was just drawing monsters all the time in art class, and my teacher was like, please, please draw this still life. Please don't draw this monster again. <laughs> I was definitely borrowing some from the design of the teeth of this thing, even though I hadn't read it. I just really liked that that look. I do like I their mean, alien-esque uh, mandibles. Like their uh, alien, the movie-esque mandibles, the the xenomorph. Yeah, it's a little crab. A little yeah. crabby, yeah, too. Yeah, a little crabby, Yeah, too. I think this is good, like, eyes and teeth monster, you know? Like, this is... This is some primal fear happening, but in a kid-friendly sort of way. Where Agreed. It's, just, it's got some extra fluff all around it. <laughs> like the... Doesn't need any of it, actually, because biologically, while these body squeezers are seemingly built for hunting and devouring meat, these are more of a insidious alien that don't really need those. They don't even use the biters. They just completely... They yeah, yeah, they just completely ignore their biters. You would think uh, with the the mechanic of this monster, right? It's a monster that... We can just jump ahead a little bit. You know what? No, let's get into the beginning of it. We'll talk about it. But I do think they should be cuter and cuddlier, and I'll explain why when we get to the actual mechanics. I, yep, I already know. I love where your head's at. Yeah. Uh, this is... We, we follow this one. I thought it was kind of interesting to read through part two with the first chapter essentially being kind of the previously on Dragon Ball Z type recap. It's our first previously on Goosebumps. Yeah. Which is like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do when you recap a story. I guess we should probably do in the episodes upon our podcast more like this. But he briefly describes all of the beats of of part one. And then they went like, oh, yeah, he really didn't miss a main detail. And he kind of described it all in 10 pages. There's a lot of fluff in that first book, isn't there? Like, it's sure just is. It's one of those sort of things where you're like, oh condensed down it's not much of a story i had such high hopes for what the body squeezers could be 
Yeah. I know. Nothing sprung to mind, really, but I sure as hell didn't expect what RL ended up turning the body squeezes in. So, like, we get a little bit of a chasey chase where the monster slowly stumbles after Jack, and he runs downstairs where he, he like, tries to run outside, and he bumps right into Mr. Liss, his Mr. science Liss, teacher. His science teacher, who, again, is a character that needed to matter, but was not introduced to us until the very end of part one. And there were opportunities to introduce Mr. Liss very early on in this book, mm-hmm. which is interesting choices, just not to do that. Also, he he's like, I was worried about you. Um, you know, when I saw you almost jump out of the school building because your ball slash meteorite got taken and I just shook my head at you. I'm so glad that they touched on the almost jumping out of the window. But also, like, Mr. Liss just left school in the middle of the day? He just abandoned class. Yeah. He's like, I must go check on him. Everyone here just heads down, turn off the lights and be quiet. Do your homework, please. Yeah, it's just I'll be back in a couple hours. So Mr. List does show up uh, in the midst of him being chased by this monster, which in the beginning of its thing, in the beginning of its approach at him in his bedroom, is reaching out seemingly for a hug. And I thought for a mm-hmm. brief mi- minute that my wish was going to come true, that they was going to hug the monster and they were going to become best friends. And then mm. they were going to kill Mr. Fleshman together. And my, my <laughs> wish... <laughs> was going to come true, and I'm so disappointed that it did not happen. We had we had guessed we had guessed from last episode based on what he was foreshadowing that oh, Mr. Flushman's maybe like a counter alien group, or at least the government. But we're going to find out like oh, in a classic RL twist, the goodies are the baddies, and we got to change sides. But that is that is not the case here. These these aliens are are insidious. Uh, and they very quickly start start escalating things. Like, I'd say this book has like a very strong first act. It does. Actually. It does because uh, as as Mister List uh, scares our our Jack Archer with a classic uh, Goosebumps fake out. Um, they they have a little conversation and uh, uh, what's his name? Spaceship Boy. Uh, 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 Saucer Man. Saucer Man. Sa- Saucer Boy. Saucer Boy uh, lays out that there is an alien in his house now. And, uh, you know, in classic Goosebumps form, Mr. List doesn't believe him at first. But in a good turn, Mr. List is like, hey, we can go look. Let's just go look. And then they go inside. They do eventually see it. There's a great moment, uh, I think, where Mr. List finally sees it. And he just says, oh, my, over and over again. uh, Yeah. yeah. Constantly. And then uh, his hubris is his downfall, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> consider Paul. He's on a simple teacher's salary, and he sees he sees I, he never really liked science, and he, he, he you know he wants he wants more out of life for himself, and he sees an alien in front of him. All right, fair. I found myself really liking Mister List, even though he had had no built up up until this point, mostly because I think he does. You called it up, Paul. The part where like he's like, "All right, Jack, if you're saying." There's an alien, even though I think you're, you know, caught up and had a bad nightmare or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go check it out. Right. Like, yeah, this, these books never do this. It's always the like, I can't be bothered to look up for my paper or like, you're just crazy. Right. And you can only do that so often before I, I think you get a little frustrated with it. I love like bring the bring the adult in and then have them get picked off that is scary and i get why that would raise the tension and i really liked i also just like mr list going like all right kid like let's actually you know i'll listen to you let's yeah. go check it out it we'll was walk a, around the house it was a great moment and then he gets hugged he thinks it wants a hug which is a, yeah. again 
I think I'm I'm thinking, hey, maybe Mr. Liss is going to hug it and then they'll both become best friends with it and then it will kill the thing, the person for him and the fleshman for him and it'll be my wish will come true again. But no, Mr. Liss hugs him and as he's hugging him, we should have realized it's called a body squeezer. It begins to squeeze him violently. <laughs> Very intimate moment before the violent squeezing happens though. When he's saying, oh my, oh my, over and over again as he's being hugged. Well, he's he says they're warm blooded, and like they talk yeah. about the the monster Mister List being cheek to cheek, and it it seems it seems almost tender. Like, you're like okay, this this might not go terribly wrong, but then it do. But then it do. It's, <laughs> then it begins. It, do. It, it begins to shake him violently to the point where his glasses <laughs> fall off of his face, and then uh, the yeah. tendrils erupt into giant foot long spikes that seemingly enter his body bloodlessly. Somehow, I'm not exactly sure how that happens. This this was written like in a point where I when I had to kind of like double take on the page. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, first it just seems like he's being stabbed and killed mm-hmm. with yeah. like these these yeah these fingers finger spikes. Yeah, and then the way it's kind of described to RL's credit, it's almost written artfully of like without really describing exactly what's happening, probably because it's an insane concept. Right, mm-hmm. it made it seem like the creature was just kind of like splitting Mr. Liss open and going into him like a cut-up tauntaun. I was imagining it like a phasing, almost like he was phasing into him. Yeah, I think that's what it ended up happening to be, just based on, because as, like, it seems like, oh, this guy is going to be, like, a bloodied corpse. And in the post-aftermath of the the squeezer going into Mr. Liss, he's like, there's no, uh, Jack's like, there was no blood signs, no injuries or anything. And then, like, a general pod person (laughs) alien possession just kind of, like, Shakes it off and is like, "I'm all good. Come and give me a hug. Let me hug you." Well, to to RL's credit, he does introduce these creatures by showing that they can like like get small and then grow. Right. Right. Like, true. 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 So, and he also describes them as doing things like wetly and that they're very wet. So I just kind of pictured like Mr. Liss's body drinking the monster like a milkshake, and then the milkshake going in like right like he's riding an Evangelion or something. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I also thought it was really cool that Mr. Liss saw an alien for the first time and was very excited by it. And thought to himself, Well, there's alien here. Uh I could hug it and potentially become <laughs> I, I could potentially become a friend to the alien and then it would be yeah. and then it would be my alien to introduce to the world. Or conversely, if the alien were to kill me, I would die hugging an alien, which is a fucking baller way to die. That is pretty good. So I mean, like, good on Mr. Liss to assess the situation and make the right choice. Uh fun fact, if you die hugging an alien, uh Catholic God does have to let you into heaven, no matter what. <laughs> wow, that's a life hack. Yeah, because God did not create the alien, so technically it was not a sin to hug it. Uh, it you are you are allowed into heaven as long as you're baptized. As long as yeah. you're baptized. you must. Oh, sure, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But because you're, as you're going up, Saint Peter, he like he's just kind of doing quick ocular scans of everyone, and he's like, ah, he he, he registers you as alien mm-hmm. as you come up. Mm-hmm. Much the way in Pacific Rim, they used the dead kaiju to open the portal and ride it into the into the rift. Mm. That's how you can get into heaven with a with a body squeezer. One weird trick to get into heaven. Doctors hate it. <laughs> Popes hate it. This is a. Uh, <laughs> this is also where we're led on uh, because the when the alien gets control of Mister Liss, he's like. 
he's like getting a feel for the new face controls and he starts uh-huh. like mm-hmm. start starts kind of acting a little weird but they never get full like you know one-to-one mouth control um it's amazing that they have like the memories and and access to other mm-hmm. things uh but like the the tell that someone has been uh squoze is <laughs> that they go they make a little like chipmunk noises, right? It's yeah, like t- t- it's like right? Little tease. I also loved the he gets squoezed, and then I love that it makes you act like just like a total freak. Like like he's 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 like describing it. Jack Archer's describing it, and he describes what's happening to Mister Liss as humming and smacking his lips. And quote: "This is a direct quote from the book. Just notes, crazy notes." just like like just going all over the like just complete manic notes happening here i mean i i I guess this would be like you you just jumped into a new body with organs you didn't normally have right so this is maybe you have vocal cords taking for a tail you have to you have to vocalize that's how you warm you got to warm up the body yeah Mm -hmm. you you basically become a theater kid oh my god yes doing all those voice warm-ups and he's mm-hmm. always asking for a hug it's that's theater kid oh no shit. yeah let's all sit down and give each other a back rub uh-huh <laughs> i never got that theater kid back rub i think you never I did think a back ma- rub chain you ever no, did this? i think uh i think massachusetts theater kids are, are infected by some puritan beliefs oh yeah there's no touching <laughs> no uh, touch no touching unless you know it's an alien so he tries to hug <laughs> tries to hug jack um, Jack jukes him. His mom comes home, mm-hmm. but the alien knows enough to not try and hug his mom, so he hugs the mailman <laughs> instead. I love that. It's it's so great because there's a scene that plays out where Mister Liss, uh, you know, sweet talks uh, Mrs. Archer, and Mrs. Archer buys it. She doesn't. He's doing his weird tick tick thing, and uh, she doesn't pick up on it because she's never met him. She's like, "Oh, you must be his teacher. I never met you in in school." So like, and like, I'm gonna be polite and not say anything about your your clicking noise that you're making constantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she lets him go. Or the green bubbles coming out of your ears. Or the green, or the green, yeah. Oh, that's the other tell, yeah. The green bubbles were great. Uh, they do briefly pop out of, uh, out of Mr. Liss's ears upstairs when before he tries to hug Jack. Uh, and it's a great, I, I, I would hope that um, if they made an episode of this, I don't know if they did, that they had that, that moment happen. You could pull off that effect, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you could easily do a cheesy little thing for that. Uh, but so he goes outside and Jack peers outside to see him hugging the mailman, which is a, a wonderful mo- uh, moment. I kind of feel like this is a lesser sort of thing uh, than remember the the possession book we read where like the kid turns in like he possesses a rat? Yes. Yeah, that one was cool. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is just sort of a rehash <laughs> Or, or I guess because this technically came earlier, this is because we had to jump back to do this one. The ideas in this were expanded on in the Rat Ghost, whatever the fuck one we. we I'm gonna. I'm looking up the the list right now. I think it's Re- Revenge of the. Uh, oh no, here it is. Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls was that one. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Okay, and that one Graveyard, kicked ass. Yeah, Graveyard Ghouls kicks ass, and this is sort of like a proto Graveyard Ghouls, where like people are getting possessed, but they're their ghosts aren't being kicked out because you can't have aliens and ghosts. Right. There's right. been a lot of possession. What was the other one we read where they jumped the can the kid jumped the canyon and then there was like we're gonna put our body in you, kid. Uh oh yeah. Halloween. The, oh yeah. the Halloween one. Head- Headless that Halloween. Headless? That, was, yeah. that was right before Graveyard Ghost. He's been doing a lot of possession stuff this a lot of possession stuff. Uh I, I think this one has a lot of like horror if you just being in an uncomfortable physical space 
with someone you don't know or someone you're not comfortable with, this is scary in itself. Regardless of the, also they're going to, you know, possess you. Just a lot of, a lot of bad hugs. Yeah, yes. you know what never came back uh, from the first book is the whole like audio possession box thing. Oh yeah, like that just that was my favorite part of book one or part one. And yeah, what the just, hell was that? They just never did anything. <laughs> This is there's a there's some stuff I think we're going to cover as we go through this the second book things that even with the big reveal of Mister Fleshman that I don't know if they make sense in book one of things for him to be doing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, yeah, speaking uh, of speaking of Mister Fleshman, right after this uh, sequence of events with Mister Liss and he sees the uh, mailman get hugged, uh, yeah. Jack realizes no one no one is listening to him. And the only pe- person he can turn to is. His next door neighbor, Mister Fleshman. So he sne- he sne- sneaked over there, uh, which <laughs> uh-huh. a, a phrase I do not like because I know I know it's correct. I've looked it up, but I don't like sneaked. I prefer snuck. it should be snuck. It should be snuck. Uh, he sneaked over there and he talks. To, he finds Mister Fleshman in his house. With we have another uh, little fake out, I believe, uh, of a scare. And uh, Mister Fleshman, it, it, you know, he's like, "What's up, dude? What's going on?" And Jack <laughs> is like, "Well, let me just reveal all of my. Let me play all my cards to you." <laughs> <laughs> I overheard you talking about being a secret agent, and I, now I know that you're in the FBI. To which Mr. Fleshman pauses briefly, assesses that he has received all of Jack's cards, and goes, <laughs> Yes, yes, I am, Jack. Uh huh, uh-huh, yes. Mm-hmm. Good catch. You are smart. You are smart, Jack. <laughs> uh, so he, he does that, and he tells him to write down the names of everyone he has seen who has been hugged, and keep it a secret, and don't tell anybody anything, and hide in your house and lock the doors. Not even, like, protect your family. It's, like, just just make a, make a list of names that I'm going to have to take care of later. He just, he just goes down to his level, and he says... Jack, I'm gonna tell, I'm level with you. You are God's special soldier now. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to fight and die and win for the cause of love. Do not worry. If you die in this way, you will go to heaven. And Jack's just so down to finally go to heaven uh, because he knows both his mom and his dad are about to utter the words, I'm ashamed of you <laughs> <laughs> later on, which we'll get to. But that was, I, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead in my notes and I remembered that both his mom and his dad are ashamed of him. Oh, wow. So. I didn't, I did not write that part down. So I'm interested I, to, to. They hear. were not loving parents in the first one. Very well. They much. are to they really, Billy. Yeah, they love Billy. They're very caring of Billy. But they, you know, well, they did. Billy's adorable and she has tonsillitis or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And they did try, they did try to take Jack to see a doctor for his, you know, supposed like. Whatever was going on with Jack. They're like, you're, you're, there's something happening here, Jack. We're going to take you as soon as possible to a doctor to talk about this and try and figure out what's going on. So at least but they, they never do. <laughs> no, they, they never, never do. do. They keep talking about it. And then I don't take, I don't, uh, listen, uh, seeking mental help and, and, and doctors are great. This feels less of a, like, this is someone who's actually going to help you with the anxiety and you can talk it out and like be heard, Jack. This is more like, we're going to take him to the man that gives him the drugs that makes Jack shut up. Sure, how I sure, read sure. The parents, the parents and how they talk about this, like, doctor as a punishment sort of thing. It's possible, but in classic Billy form, Billy one-ups him and steals his thunder. So it's I'm yep. going to put this one on Billy, not the parents as much. And after um, Jack visits uh, Fleshman, and Fleshman says he's on the Alien Detection Bureau, and he's like, go die for your planet. Mm-hmm. Jack's like, hell yes. <laughs> he doesn't say go die for your planet. <laughs> he, ba- he infers it, it's, Chad. It's subtext, Chad, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> of, 
course he's not gonna say that to a child but he says it but yeah just I, he's like i got it all under control don't yeah. you worry me and my boy me and my boys are gonna take care of it top men are on this. top men <laughs> i mean yeah yeah top men uh his jack's bully friends come over okay and bully him and bully him but out of concern they're right. like Hey, we saw you ran out of school and all the way home after we bullied you. Are you okay? Because we're going to keep bullying. <laughs> because we have, they have an ulterior motive too for bullying. Well, and here's the thing: I, I do want to say this, and I, I think we mentioned it in the first episode. I do think that this book gets marks for portraying kids how they are, and not just doing a two dim- a classic goosebumps two dimensional bully where it's just a mean kid who's always mean and always put, picking on. That's typically what we get, right? This is pretty yeah. real in that, like, the kids do bully him, but they do, like, kind of care about him at the same time. They just don't know how to process all the emotions they're feeling as children. You know what I mean? It's almost as if empathy is a type of knowledge that you have to <laughs> learn. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I definitely took these kids, both in this first part and this now the second one, that these are light bullies at most and are maybe Jack's best friends. In yes. terms of... How Jack sees them, they are antagonists. But <laughs> they are they are leaving school to check in on him. That seems like a big thing for a friend to do. And while there's some selfish motivations, Derek and Henry, I think in this and the other book, they're both like, "Hey, we're gonna make sure you're okay." Also, like, are you gonna try for the swim team and play and be on the swim team with us? Like, yeah. you're really good. We would like to win. Yeah. That's like supportive and complimentary and saying like join an activity with us right they do and try they're trying yeah they yeah they seem more friendly than and also just like well also hey you called we call you saucerman because you see aliens a lot i kind of wish people would call me saucerman that sounds dope i mean like they did hold jack down and give him pink belly until he puked before that. <laughs> i i blocked that part out maybe like like i did with my own bullying i blocked that part out yeah yeah but they also said you should join an activity where we can bully you further after school hours <laughs> again they just need the knowledge i think they're his friends and i do yeah. think that that's a good thing and they try they try to they try to talk him into joining the uh the swim team um, they fake him out with the, with some fake hugs. They say they got. He asked if Mr. or uh, yeah, Mr. Liss if if he hugged them, and they're like, "No, you freak!" And they leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And 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 then the the bullies talk to him about the thing, and then I think that's pretty much the end of that sequence, right? It's basically just letting us know that he has to go to the swim team at some point. Oh wait, there is one. Sorry, there's one great image that RL wrote, and I had to thank him for writing it in this book. Uh, th- he's talking. Jack, uh, Jack is talking to Henry and someone else, whatever the other kid's name is. And and there's a, a line that says Henry licked his bright blue braces. And I liked that yeah. RL just drew our attention to Henry's teeth as he licked across them briefly. <laughs> his gross, dirty braces that always have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> braces get fucking gross, man. Oh, yeah, I had them. You know, and that's why I'm thinking about Same. licking them. That's why I think about licking them. Grosses me out. Did you ever have, uh, do you ever try doing clear bands? No, no. I had colors. I had bright blue gray you were, you were smart the dentist was always was like yeah there's this new thing now instead of colors you can get clear bands so like it'll seem like you have less braces on and you're like that's a great idea and then, and then you realize that the clear braces absorb the color of all the food you've eaten over the month and it just becomes gross and they turn smokers yellow is what they do uh-huh uh-huh it's an awful it's disgusting awful thing anyways they go to school <laughs> <laughs> 
They go to school. Uh, he sees Mr. List in the halls and is like, nope. And then he does a triple backflip into <laughs> the principal's office. And the principal's like, why don't you tell me what's going on? And so he does. Again, laying all his cards out on the table. Mm-hmm. Oh, he plays this so badly the entire book. <laughs> he, he does a terrible job here. He does a terrible job up until this moment. And then he briefly gets cool for a couple of chapters. And we'll get there. But he does terribly play this situation. Yeah, and the principal's like, why don't you come over here and give me a hug? And does a little TTT click thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh no, you're one of them. And she's like, yep, come here, get that hug. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then he backs he backs into Mr. Liss, who like holds him like he's holding him for a prom photo, briefly. Yep. Uh, yep. So he proms, prom photos with Mr. Liss, briefly. Uh, whirls out of that, triple Lindy's away from that that moment. And uh, and then flees and hides in the school, which I it's cool. He goes to the auditorium and he yep. he blends in with the eighth graders because for some reason there's a uh, a, a uh, assembly, an, emerg- an emergency assembly, assembly is, is occurring. Uh, yeah. Does does that happen after the pool? This that happens before the pool. So there's an assembly where two cops are going to pull out a briefcase full of drugs and they're going to be like, "This is drugs. Dare not to do them." <laughs> <laughs> Also, we have a rap song about it. We're going to yeah. do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, everyone throws garbage at the cops, which they eat. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, yummy, yummy, trash, our favorite food. <laughs> I was like, wow, well, well, that's cool as hell. <laughs> so he hides amongst the eighth graders. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he narrowly avoids the gaze of the principal, whose name I cannot remember. Oh, I, I, I was like, I should write down the name of the principal. And I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. It, it does. It truly didn't matter. She she was in like two scenes to trying to hug Mrs. him. Mrs. Berkman. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, there you go. It, it still doesn't matter. She just t- tries to hug him a couple <laughs> times. And that's it. Yeah, there's like an alien style scene where he hides in some crates. As he hides in a mothball ridden crate, which smells the sour smell of mothballs. And that is the moment that I realized what the sour smell meant, because I do think a, a mothball is real sour and gross smelling. Mm. I like that part. Really? That was yucky. It yeah. didn't me either. I thought I could really relate to the. It was probably the scariest moment for me in the book. I, I'd say this is also maybe the scary most. Also, maybe where Jack, uh, uh, he fucks up the most because like, like we've been calling, he's not been playing his cards well at all. No, there are multiple no. times where. He doesn't have to like outright lie, but he could definitely present the information of what he knows mm-hmm. uh, in a different way. He could say, "Mr. Liss uh, attacked me." Right. Uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, he could. He could tell the principal that like he thinks there's someone who's trying to hurt someone in school. There's all these ways to say things without like yeah, basically invalidating your entire report. But right here in the in the back of this auditorium, behind the curtains, right? Uh, he basically sees the two cops. The ones that he wants to talk to, and I'm like, Jack, don't, don't do that, dude. The cops aren't going to help you. Right. No. Like, they're. And I, I like how he says, "I don't know if you can be arrested for being an alien," and I'm like, "That's a good point." <laughs> it, yeah, even if they believed you, they'd be like, "What's the crime?" I love yeah. that. I love that line because he says, "Was it a crime to be possessed by a space alien?" Questions. Too many questions. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like he, he tells the cops and they're like, we believe you, but we just don't know how to process this. <laughs> the principal does get him, though, at this point. She grabs yeah. him and he just is like, he sees that the principal in power has has uh, has gotten him. Right. And he kind of just yeah. in, in not a, a type of hero that we want to root for gives up. <laughs> <laughs> he just 
surrenders to fate and he faints within her arms. The old fainting trick works on the on the body squeezers. It, it felt like whenever you try to pick up a little kid and they do that thing with their whole body just goes limp and they kind of fall out between your arms. Yep. I feel like that technique. Dead weight. Also, before I don't make sure we jump over it, this is right after Mrs. Berkman gets both cops. She's about to get the cops. Okay. She does it right after because he runs off and yeah. hides again, I believe, and watches as the two police officers come back to, I believe this is, happens after it. But yeah, anyways, regardless, a situation happens where he is watching. He sees the two police officers get hugged. The one police officer watches the other police officer yeah, get body squeezed. what happened here? I wanted to ask what you guys thought of it. <laughs> I think she double hugs the both of them. I think she goes in wide. She does, Kevin. Kevin, I reread the seg- the segment again, and it talks about hugging the skinny one first and then the other one next. So yeah. she she definitely body squoes. Uh, the one police officer while the other one watched, which was fun. If one of the cops had been written that the one that's watching is just like, wow, wow, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? Wow, wow. Like, just like, kept saying it and couldn't move, I'd buy it. If it were Joe Latruglio in Wet Hot American Summer just explaining <laughs> the situation, it would have been an incredible moment. Oh, yeah, totally. He's doing it. Oh, my God. Oh, well, yeah, totally. Perfect, perfect person. And now he's Paul. coming for me. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. Just he screams, oh, my God, during the entire possession sequence. They're um, hugging him. And then they're going to hug me. Hug me. Uh, this is, by this point, I mentioned that, like, I, I not to question the logic too much. I, I was a little bumping this whole time that this isn't a anamorph yerk situation where one alien per body right this is like the aliens are the vampiric curse itself where it, it w- goes originally to mr Liss, and then we see mr Liss, like you said hug the mailman who's probably excited to have anyone appreciate the mail ever chad that's a great point i didn't even think about that like what are the mechanics of this because they're waiting for more aliens to show up that's like that's something that it is implied that mr fleshman yeah. says when we when obviously mr fleshman is is two timing on jack he's like more are coming and like even when we heard the voices kevin in the first book they were talking yeah. about like waiting for the wave to come so like yeah what is it all about like can are they entering their bodies are they just infecting them with a parasite like what's the deal now, this is R.L., the subtle master at his best, mm. where he just sort of, he, all the clues are there as to what is truly happening. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves it towards the the most uh, erudite of readers to figure it out. I see, I see. It was just, it, it, it was upon us, the readers are, who were wrong. Yeah. My, my, my guess is that there's some sort of asexual reproduction happening when they put the, the okay. nail, nail fingers in your back. Okay. And a new body squeezer... Maybe it has the same thoughts and personalities as the original body squeezer. Or it doesn't seem like because actually we find out they're a drone system. Right. But they will they will just infest you and now they just keep spreading. Got it. But All right. it, it did throw me a little bit based on what they had already said. Yeah, that, that didn't strike me right away. But when you bring it up, it does bug me a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. So this is yeah. the part he he dodges. He gets out. Um, and he yeah. And he, he Naruto runs over to the locker room. <laughs> and this is the best part because right now is the moment in the book where I was like, this is fucking cool that Jack is a cool character who yeah sk- who skips school to fight aliens. But mm-hmm. then Jack runs into his two friends who are like, yo, you should try out for the swim team. And he's like, you know what? Let's take a break and let's do that. And he does. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this becomes a slice of life type thing for us. I can't tell no <laughs> to this teacher, so I guess I guess in the middle of the day I'll try out for swim team. What is this? Yeah, this the teacher has like six kids pulled out of class to try them out for the swim team. Something that would definitely <laughs> go over well. This is where we meet the weirdest character. <laughs> In Coach Finney. Oh, Coach Finney, who is as tall as our main character, who is 12, I believe. Yes, and has a ponytail <laughs> and drives all the girls. Was that a detail that he... Yes. I remember that he yes. drove the girls while, but he was short and has a ponytail. He had a, pa- a ponytail and, and light blue eyes, and, it, and the girls had crushes on him, according to, according to Jack, at least. Yeah, so Jack had some borrowed swim trunks. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, he goes and he swims a few laps and it's just like a nice little, you know, a nice little palate cleanser, you know, in between all the crazy. Mm -hmm. Like he's just just, he's swimming, he messes up, but they do like this impromptu race and then he kicks everyone's ass. And he's feeling good. He's, He's feeling himself. And and he he clocks during it yes. uh, a lot of mention that despite them always, quote, always being in the water, his friends, Henry and Derek, who have brought him there, don't want to get in the pool. They, it's, it seems like they're averse to the water. Yeah, this is good. This is a very important detail that will totally <laughs> An incredibly like, important detail. He, RL, beat M. Knight to the punch <laughs> by about four years here. Two to, I don't know exactly what year this came out. I want to say two to four years he beat him. Before, before science. Before yeah. science. He was, this was pre-science. He had this idea in his mind. Uh, it's a pre, pre-M. Knight burn that happens here. Yeah. Yeah, so... Just a just a little bit of that old foreshadowing on something that's totally going to matter. <laughs> totally going to matter. We needed this scene because a very this very important thing was told to us that matters. Yeah. So then he goes home. <laughs> he goes home. <laughs> He's like, that was that was nice to you know swim around a little bit and uh, get my mind off those aliens. Anyway, by the way, like aliens, he knows are just invading constantly. Right. Like, it has been at least a day since the mailman was lost. Right. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, yeah, 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 gotta add him to my list. I'll tell him, tell Mr. Fleshman later. He does get confronted by his two friends in the hallway who try to hug him and are starting to do the tick thing now. So he does he does run into them. He realizes that his friends have also been possessed and he goes home. Uh, yep. To which he opens the door and finds green slime everywhere. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Scary cliffhanger. And we open up the next chapter with him finding a note from his mom explaining that her sister's tonsils are hurting so much so that she couldn't even keep her green jello in her mouth. Uh, she spit it all over the floor. And instead of cleaning it up, <laughs> They didn't even clean it up. They just left Instead it. Instead of cleaning it up, she decided to write a note about it and leave and leave uh, Jack with the problem. <laughs> and then Jack is like, I better make sure that this is really green jello that my kid sister spit up all over the floor. That her, it touched her poisoned tonsils and she spit <laughs> out. Best case scenario, you're eating thrown up green jello, Jack. <laughs> right. And he does. He tastes it. He does. He's like, yep, it's green jello. Mm-hmm. Glad mm-hmm. I checked. On one hand, he could just be eating alien foot slime. Yep. And on the other, he's like, it could be green jello. Maybe he saw Mr. Liss make that choice earlier to either become best friends with an alien or be eaten by an alien. And he thought, I need to make a gambit like this myself. Yeah. Yeah, Jack's nasty. Jack's a nasty freak. <laughs> uh,. Jack, uh, it ramps up pretty pretty crazy here, where mm. uh, then Ding Dong, who's at the door of his house, but his other two bully friends, mm-hmm. uh, Maddie and Marsha, are there. Right. 
And he's smart enough to like open the door on the on the lock chain. He's not gonna let them in. Well, yet. here I got I gotta say this about this moment, Chad, because you are right. He does do that. But prior to this, when the Jello taste happens, he goes, "I'm locking the doors. I'm listening to Mister Fleshman, and I'm not letting anyone in. No one gets in here but my family." <laughs> Literally two pages later, the girls knock on the door and he's like, should I trust them? And he opens the door with the lock chain on there and they talk to him briefly and he decides to open up the door and let them in. It's like, you don't want to hug me, do you? And they're like, we don't want to hug you. And he's like, okay, that's all all the checking I'll do. Okay. They they mention, it's the smartest the aliens have been. They do mention like, oh, uh, our other two friends, the other aforementioned kids, Henry and Derek, are acting strange, i.e., these two girls are on the side of the humans. And and Jack's like, I, I'm going to be the hero. And he lets them in. Uh, yeah, huge rookie mistake. And they all start to react to just orange orbs are falling everywhere. The yep. asteroid that he had from the very beginning, just raining, raining down around the town. And it's a cool, but, you know, this is a cool image. I thought this was really neat yeah. to see like the terror that was happening. Like, like some real apocalyptic terror. It was actually a pretty cool sequence. And there's a, yeah. And I'll say this throughout this book. There are good scares in it. I thought the, the absorptions were good. There's like mm-hmm. a lot of really good spooky stuff happening in here. That's good. It's just the, some of the logic is a little all over the place the logic's mm-hmm. all over the place the betrayals are a little one note like right. every reveal like kind of feels like it has the same like dun 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 kind of right. sting to it uh-huh yeah because like you know five seconds after the orange rocks rain down which is legitimately pretty cool mm-hmm. we find out that the girls got squoze yeah they pop out they pop out revealing their their squozeness. uh yeah. and i don't does he run at this point does he just book it or he just books he just abandons his house or he tries to get back in the house yeah yeah he gets back in the house and then he locks the door and then they're like fuck it we'll get him later oh this is a great part because he locks the front door and he goes oh shit the back door and goes to book it to the back door and then the phone rings and he decides well i better answer the phone before i lock the back door (laughs) yeah and and it's his dad and his dad's like we're at the hospital and we're gonna be here for a while because billy's governor tonsils out you can eat a peanut butter sandwich for lunch. I don't really give a shit. And he's like, Dad, <laughs> Dad, there's there's two there's two parents. I have two parents, right? And right now, both of them, like, I've been showing some signs, right, Dad? Like, I've been showing that I'm not, like, super all right. Uh, yeah. And I just want to point out again, there are two of you. One of you can, like, hang out with Billy as she's going through her thing. Maybe the other one of you comes back here and like helps me through my thing. They both prefer <laughs> Billy for sure. <laughs> they definitely like Billy more. And Dad's like, mm, I don't know. I don't think so. Also, I'm ashamed of you for talking about aliens. <laughs> I, I am ashamed of you in something that I hope I hope you remember for the rest of your life at this moment at the end of my rope over the phone where I can't hear you clearly. I'm going to tell you, my son, I am ashamed of you. Now you guard my you guard my home for us. You do it. I hope this moment makes an impression on you and sticks with you for the rest of your life. I was furious at this point. I was like, man, Jack, you don't deserve that. I mean, you suck, yeah. but you don't deserve that. It's It's been a book of... The first book and this beginning of this book have been like the parents haven't haven't been acting too stupid, right? Like whenever a parent yeah. has not listened, yeah, to, sure. it's been yeah. for good reason. And whenever Jack has done something, you kind of understand his motivations. But as soon as the fucking door locking thing happened, and then two mm-hmm. pages later he decided to unlock the door for no other no reason other than <laughs> the girls told him it was okay. It 
Jack becomes the, a dumb protagonist, your classic yeah. dumb horror protagonist, and every parent becomes the parents from every other Goosebumps book. Yeah, yeah. I'll sh- the way you guys are bringing that up about how feeling bad about Jack here kind of explains more of the next sequence that I thought was was wild. Uh-huh. That is, as Jack is, can look out his window and see a nightmare apocalypse of orange asteroids falling and people being just squee squoes. Yeah, yeah. squoes. It's like it's like the opening of Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Happening in <laughs> outside his house. Yes. And Jack is finally like, well, no one cares about me. Guess I'll just watch some TV and eat some chips. Yep. And he just has a nice night. Yeah, he just eats three dinners, which is way too real. Like the I world know. is ending around <laughs> him. And it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna have a sandwich right. and some cereal and some chips. <laughs> Ice cream for dinner? I think I will. <laughs> yep. I loved it. I loved. I loved second dinner. It was cracking me up. And then third. And then third dinner of chips was beautiful. And then he just passes out. Before that, he looks over to Fleshman's house, and Fleshman is just watching TV. That's right. Like, Fleshman's right. doing the same thing. Yeah. So so that should be a big wee woo, right? <laughs> right. But, uh, at this point, I assumed uh, that the only the way this is going to end up is if Fleshman's still an ally. The the water's been overly set up. Mm-hmm. Flushman knows it's gonna rain tomorrow and everything's right. gonna be a okay. Right. Yeah. Like he's he's but even then I'd be like, that's still too cavalier. The fact that Agent Flushman is just watching good times and uh-huh. like not Jack should be very distressed, but he doesn't. He goes to sleep with a full belly, yep. falls asleep wearing his street clothes, right. and he wakes up the next morning, finding out his parents came and went, didn't even wake him up. Uh, just like wanted to not talk to him, uh, and, that, and even been like, you can get yourself to school, right? You can take the multi multi bus uh, route to school. Yeah, I, he he manages to catch his mom just in time for her to say, yeah. "I'm also ashamed of you." <laughs> <laughs> this might be the only valuable moment we have in this very hectic couple of days, where your sister's in the hospital and you're suffering a mental breakdown. Uh, but I am ashamed of you. I got to squeeze that in real quick. One thing they say in parenting is always say shit out of anger to your child and like right to their face. <laughs> like whatever thought just immediately pops into your head, just say that to your kid and be like, you know, sometimes I wish I didn't have you. Like just that's what they like. They like honesty. Not only should you talk to your kid like they're an adult, talk to them like they're an adult that you absolutely loathe and you blame for all of your life choices. Yeah, don't lie to your kid. Protect them from nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your job as a parent is not to protect them, okay? This whole family has trouble with lying. Like, (laughs) Billy's the only one who can lie. Everyone else just, like, tells the fucking truth, like, straight off off their head, so. Yeah, yeah, they actually do need to learn a little bit about filters, including Billy's lies. I think this is the area where, while Billy's like, I'm going to the hospital, um, Billy's like, I saw a blue alien, you saw a green alien, because she always one-ups. That's Mm -hmm. that's later, that's later. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, because Billy's not back from the hospital yet. Yeah, it's definitely after the bu- uh, after the bus sequence because he takes the bus instead of going to school. He hops on the bus to go to to the uh, to city hall where his dad works uh, because he's like, I could definitely talk to the mayor and I can get the mayor to shut this this shit down. You know, I'm nipping in the bud because it's gone so well with all the other authority figures I've talked to. I might as well talk, take it all the way up to the mayor. I might as with well. my great persuasion skills. <laughs> and all the way there, he's watching again. To add to your point, it's like the beginning of day of Dawn of the Dead. There are people being uh, being squoze all over town as he's just <laughs> driving down the street. He says to the bus driver, "Hey, did you see that?" To which they respond, "No." And then, <laughs> which is a very realistic <laughs> bus driver response. Yeah. 
But the war has been lost. Like, Jack has to be thinking, like, either Flushman's got some sort of secret weapon, or I think this is getting out of hand. Yeah. But I I, I have to get to Dad. My dad, who definitely isn't disappointed in me. I must get to him. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jack gets to the mayor's office. Or the front desk person is like, do you have an appointment? And Jack's like, whatever. And he just runs past and he and he sees his dad and the mayor or the deputy mayor or whatever in yeah. their in their office. And he's like, I got to tell you something, dad. And his dad's like, let me introduce you to the deputy mayor. And they both go clickety click click. And he's like, you guys are bodice <laughs> I really appreciate for RL for holding back on not being too ridiculous and making it be the deputy mayor instead of the mayor. You know, yeah. I believe, I know the mayors are mayors are busy and you wouldn't be able to get time with them. So I, I, I appreciate deputy mayor. It was deputy mayor. That was a good choice on his part. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Jack's got to evade both his father's hugs and he almost gives in. Like he, he almost like when he finds out his dad got caught. He does surrender at this point. He says, everyone's gotten, everyone's been squoze. It's time to give up. And then for some reason, his arm lashes out and knocks a glass of water off. For some reason, he just yeah, randomly. You, you know, I just watched something similar in Dragon Ball Super and it was right after Beerus had killed Goku mm-hmm. as he's trying to teach him to go Super Saiyan God. Okay. Yeah. Goku kind of has like an instinct. It's not Super Bowl, you know, it's not the instinct form, but Goku's kind of awoken supernaturally to fight mm. back and i mm. think that's what jack i see does yeah. here yeah an inner spirit kind of lashes out and goes no not yet i and, love that i love that yeah, that's, let's say that this is a goku moment let's say this is a goku, is a goku moment. moment he yeah. knocks over the water to which both body squeezers dad body squeezer and deputy mayor body squeezer freak out and we go yeah it's a sign situation he's gonna fuck them up with water so he does he books it while they're still panicking Gets out of the out of the uh, place, flags down a bus that stops for him some for some reason while it's driving, <laughs> which is yeah. very unbus like. Also, the bus is being driven by a body squeezer, so what? I guess they're not really like talking to each other. I know because this body squeezer is like, well, I guess I'll just keep going about my job and drive people around on the bus. Doesn't matter about the whole you know takeover what? thing we're doing. One of the scariest things about like they live. Which yeah. is you know one of the best examples of doing this type of story, right? Is that part right where as soon as like Rod, who you know to be fair, Roddy Piper also doesn't play his cards well in that movie. No, but uh, <laughs> but as soon as he does play all of his cards, an old woman's like, I can see him. He's six foot two and blonde and has a flannel shirt, uh-huh. and like everyone then knows what he looks like, which is really scary. This right. is yeah, this is instead the bus driver who's possessed is like. Well, what would a bus driver be doing? I guess I'd be doing all the routes. <laughs> yep. Got to pick people up, take them over somewhere. Yeah, I'm too busy to be hugging. I got a bus to drive. <laughs> <laughs> that bus driver's in debt, so he's got to do his fucking job. So. <laughs> uh, Jack's taken back to his home, or he's taken back to the bus stop near his home. He runs back to his house. Like fire trucks and police trucks crash into his living room, and he runs into his basement. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and he grabs a super soaker and I'm like, fuck yes. All of the little breadcrumbs have led up to this moment. RL, you're a genius. This is cool. Like, after being kicked around for two books, Jack Archer's knowledge, his attention to detail. His intuitiveness. Yeah. Yes. It's all, it's all paying off. The qualities of this character are actually going, that we thought were a burden. 
that we were bemoaning of him. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and Kevin add on to it the way you because you quickly said like yeah like fire trucks and police the entire town is converging on Jack's house. Yes. Jack knows now he is like one. They've even said he's one of the last ones in the entire town not converted. Uh, it is like a, a real I am legend more the book than the movie yep. of mm-hmm. last stand and and Jack kicks kicks open the front door. Doesn't say he's all out of bubblegum necessarily, yep. but he's ready and he starts laying into people. He starts shooting them with a squirt gun. They, quote, fall away or are knocked back only for – I feel like, Kevin, I want to give that to you because you were setting it up. Uh, they just get happens, a little Kevin. splishy splashed. They just get a little wet. <laughs> like that – he goes pew and hits them with the water and they go hee and that's about it. Like, you thought water would turn us, you dumb idiot? Yeah. Who would have that as a twist in their story? Only a freaking idiot <laughs> would do that. Then what were we doing this whole time with the no swimming and the scared? Like, it doesn't make sense that is the that they were scared of the, the water bottles in the deputy mayor's they, office. They like, even say, or like, oh, yeah, they don't address the water bottle because I don't think RL knew. But, when they're like, <laughs> but, but you two, you didn't want to go in the pool. We didn't feel like it, you dingus. Uh, I yeah. love it. I love it because it's a moment where, like, it like it doesn't. It's, the fun thing is, it's not even playing off the signs thing. It's like this is pre that. No. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure a story has done the monsters can't be can be killed by water thing before this, but I, I don't know of it specifically. But I love that he does this. Like he does this whole fake out, and like the only way it could have been better is if one of the aliens was like, "Why would we come to a planet that's seventy percent water?" If we were, if we were, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if they had thro- if they had dropped that line, it would have been the he most. He cinema sins signs ahead of it time. It would have been incredible. It would have been an incredible pre burn, and I would have I would have said this is the best book. What if they're like, "Why would we land in L.A. when it's like ninety percent humidity in the summer?" Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's water in the air, you dingus. It's funny, though, because I did think about that, Kevin, where I was like, because L.A., though, is the there's not a lot of rain that happens there. So I thought that that was an interesting. I was like, OK, they're 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 attacking L.A. because it's an area where like they can get to very dry areas very quickly. And there's not a lot of chance of like freak rainstorms fucking up their invasion. So I thought that was actually kind of a good move if that was his twist. But it's not his twist. He just took us on, on multiple scenes to different places to set up this twist, only to be like, nah, fuck you, lol. It's, yeah. actually, uh, it's actually an inverse Shyamalan, right? Because in Signs, no no foreshadowing of the water, I don't think. Other than the girl having the need to keep water oh, everywhere. Oh, sure. That, that's set up over like just kind of a nice cute thing. But in terms of the aliens having any aversion to it, nothing. Right. And then at the end, you're like, oh, my God, the water kills them. Don't think about it. That's crazy. That's so good. Swing away, Meryl. This is the opposite. This is a bunch of water set up, and then nothing happens. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's this would have been fine too if we hadn't had the whole like deputy mayor adventure scene. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. What is that? Why? Maybe maybe the deputy mayor's desk was just a really nice type of wood that didn't have like a finish on it. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, my God, it's going to stain the wood. Oh, my God. And that's why he was upset. Or maybe there was, like, something else on the desk, like, I don't know, like, ballpoint <laughs> pen ink or something. And they're like, that's the real thing that kills us is ballpoint pens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the budget, the budget presentation that I had everyone working on, it's wet now. <laughs> so they're all chanting hug, 
Hug, hug. This is great. I did love the hug, hug, hug chance happening from outside the house and then all around him. And he's surrounded. And once again, our main character surrenders to the ceaseless <laughs> march of the aliens before him. But he sees he sees hope. He sees in the back of the crowd, he sees his old buddy, Mr. Fleshman. He's here. He's finally going to pull his ploy with his uh, alien b- destruction bureau that he works for. Is going to come in and swoop in and save the day. The cavalry's here. Nah, he is Mr. <laughs> Fleshman. Exactly what we thought. He's an alien come to Earth. He's the power supply that powers all of these aliens. <laughs> He's just, yeah. He rips off his Fleshman disguise, which he yep. named himself Fleshman. <laughs> He made himself a very obvious thing by being a, uh, a special effects supervisor, which is another strange job to give yourself. Be an accountant, Mr. Fleshman. Be something boring <laughs> yeah. that doesn't draw attention, Mr. <laughs> his, Fleshman. His lie was just like, not. you're making him more, giving him more credit, Paul, of like, oh, I needed to be able to make a masterful disguise. He doesn't even say that. He goes like, I came up with the fact that I was a special effects person to convince humans that I had a job. Uh-huh, exactly, uh, exactly. Okay. Could do any job. Do anything that doesn't draw attention to you. Be an accountant. It's boring. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, your kids won't spy on you if you don't just be an accountant. Also, don't keep a scrapbook of all the times you were with your alien friends. I know I know. Instagram <laughs> isn't around and posting pictures of your friends online is a lot harder to do. But, like, you know, don't keep the evidence. Like you said, Kevin, don't well, keep the evidence. that's his family. He misses them probably. All right, He's that's like, fair. I want these photos of them. And they're all coming. Can't wait till my boys show up. It's going to be a crazy party. So, so Fleshman's <laughs> just a brain bug with mac and cheese on the outside, as far as I'm concerned. I love it. And he he, squir- he squashes up to uh, Jack Archer to, like, mercy kill him on his own, give him the final squoze. And Jack, like, he drops his super soaker, and there's a cool breeze for the first time mm-hmm. in the hot L.A. summer. Mm-hmm. It's a... Lovely little sign that, you know, things are going to keep changing and moving on. And, you know, maybe it's time Jack changed as well. And what's what's death but the biggest change someone can make? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe change is the only constant in the universe. And maybe he needs to give in and go yeah. with the flow. And so with, with electricity arcing around new, new Fleshman, he steps into the squishy hug. But then he remembers he has an Uno reverse card in his wallet. <laughs> Yeah, he just decides to be the one who wins, and that, and he wins. Yeah, he 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 Goku's, yes. and he a shock woke him up, and he says he tensed every muscle, tensed them so hard they hurt, tensed his muscles so much that his bowels ejected through his butthole. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's why it happens. Okay, that it's real, Chad. Yeah, it's really gotta watch out. And he grit his teeth. Set my jaw, tied my arms, my legs, and burst into the creature's back. I slid inside Mr. Fleshman into a deep darkness, into pulsing heat, into a strong, steady, throbby current. Inside, inside, inside. Ugh. He he invades him somehow. He yeah. reverso invades him. It's beautiful. And then he there's a the great quote because he, he breaks out after he's broken down the will of Mr. Fleshman. The, the brain beast and it's, mm-hmm. he jumps quote out of the meaty hot alien body <laughs> <laughs> cool cool phrase kind, cool. kind of the way i guess like neo jumps into agent smith yes. at the end of the first matrix yeah. and you're like yeah i guess he can do that yeah, yeah. honestly 
he did this before Signs and the Ma- and the Matrix, so he's uh, the better writer out of all three of those people. <laughs> Four of those yeah. people. He he did it first. If so you do it first, you're the best writer. writer. You're the best writer. So he explodes back out of him. Yep. Green Matrix code going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's flexing a little bit, and the, even the the environment is moving with him in the flexing. Yep. And then uh, there's like a half momentary fake out of like, oh, all the monsters are still there. Yep. But then they all just go limp. Everyone greens their pants, and suddenly the <laughs> monsters are. <in> the <laughs> this is why I thought the mechanics of invading with another, you know, instead of it being like one body per person, to be like it's it's making more squeezers. Uh-huh. And the way I saw it was like you know, even like Gary's mod, if you just suddenly type in like load 300 characters and you just see them all kind of like ragdoll fall to the ground Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was picturing happened in this moment as just green men just thudded over everyone it's it's canon that's what happens yeah yeah they drop and everyone everyone awakes and praises jack jack is the king he's he's defeated the aliens and he also has all the power inside of him too for some reason yeah, yeah, he starts <laughs> levitating a few inches off the ground, um, and uh, he shoots a few lightning bolts over over the heads of his adoring crowd. Ultra Instinct Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Billy pokes her head out, and she's like, what's up, dipshit? And he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, I was upstairs, watched the whole thing, you did great, great big brother, but also, now that you fought the green aliens- what about the blue one? And he's like, oh, Billy, don't start with this one-upsmanship again. It's your one trait, and I wish it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's your one trait that has led us to this inevitable twist to end the book. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. And then coming down the ramp, uh, bursting, out of the, bursting out of the closet, is a blue alien. And Billy's like, he wants a hug, Jack. Give him a hug. And that's the book. And we say, oh, there are more aliens. Book over. And that's that's it. That's all of the body squeezers. Or we would say that. Damn. If Damn. there wasn't a give yourself goosebuds called Revenge of the Body Squeezers. Did we ever read that one? Whoa. I don't think so. We're going. We got to get on that. We're going on it. That's going to be we got to do that next to see how much it ties up. Hey, if you want to have input on what we read next on the show and you also want to support the show financially, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash goosebutts where you get access to our exclusive discord. Uh, you get to weigh in. We put up polls sometimes what books we're going to cover next, including our adventure books. And uh, you also get access to our bonus Camp Goosebutts episodes we put out every month. Check it out. Check out what we're going to read next. I just looked at the cover of Revenge of the Body Squeezers. They got alien guns now. We're reading it. Whoa! Wow. Glock, glock, Whoa! body squeezers. <laughs> Hey, really quick, uh, I have a book coming out. Please go to spacekings.space and uh, either sign up to get an email about my book Space Kings, which is a tabletop RPG that I'm developing with my friends and he uses playing cards instead of dice. Uh, and it's really fun. I play it with, uh, with with Paul and sometimes Chad and yeah. Nick and Josh on a little podcast called Pretend Friends. So if you want to... If you want to go over and, ch- and check it out at spacekings.space, maybe it's available. Maybe it's it's an email. You, you go there and you find out. And if you haven't already, listen to our old Goosebuds RPG episodes. Yeah, do that. Uh, we're, we're working on some more of those in the future. There's too. a little podcast called Goosebuds you can listen to and hear the, the, the game as well. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Get over to spacekings.space and get yourself signed up. It's, it's going to be worth your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, get involved. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's been a, a bubs, I think, guys. I think, yeah, that's been a bubs. I think we budded. I'm gonna go like 
wrap my whole torso around so my none of my muscles escape through any holes in my body. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I need to go tape my butthole up. I'm gonna go taste some green slime on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys. Have See fun. Bye bye. 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 This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters in the book of names, starting off with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara, Hollis Hornbeak, Cameron Murphy Audio, Michael McDowell, Hey Josh Rob, Mickey C, Nathan Dolzall, Kelly C, Mike Lanteri, Buddy Morrill, Low Belly Hatebe, Ilkade, Mel Dipson, Afsheen, Danky McStanky, Dango Twists, Zach Weary, Silkatness. I think you nailed it. Well, c- congratulations, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Stealth Bates. <laughs> Patrick Reynolds. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. John Keaty. Chaos. Third Sergio. Good news. I talked to Aaron, and we are restarting Paranoia Shop. So you and Aaron are doing it? <laughs> I mean... Good luck on your new I'll venture. See- Good luck on your new venture. I'll see you in court. <laughs> Quentin, I am in your walls. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dace. Jar Jar Slinks. Chosen One. Levi Than. Up in Champ. Jonas Eggman. Maloyster. Carl. Broccoli here. Recipe still incoming. Just need to find a pretty bowl. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Alicia Grafe. Joe. Brooke, capital X. Jesus Christ! Wow, Christian Van Skaver. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hopgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator comma yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Tom Whittem. Andrew Jadzak just sold his script for homework strike to A24. Jadzak. I'm seeing you in court. <laughs> Lord Cornwallis, our attorney, has a word for you, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the uh, offices of Cornwallis and Cornwallis? Carson Birkenbean. Murph E.P. Jonas Blatterman. Tevin Ticklebeam. Gnomish Ranger. Teehee, you silly goose. Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. Wiggle it! Paul Grasso. Chip Handsome. Matt McClellan. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Joe Regular Name Scott. Alex Moon. The Robotic Dog. Sarah Kent. Tanya Turtle. Vincent Modica. Luke Knoodles. Hugh Bolin. Zambambino. Juan Jalapeno. Keith Halcrow. Timothy Misadalakis. Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Ham underscore boat. Hey guys, Kevin here. What properties should a magical knife called the Steamland Cleaver have? I I think you're going to have to disenchant that cursed item. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Remick. Dean Ward Kimchi. Raymond Hernandez. Flamily. The Crowfens but seasonal. <laughs> I like that. Matthew Sutton. Lee Wood. Jeffrey Owen Cawley. Reed Steubendike. Kelsey Kinneman. Joey Evans. Russell Kastberg. Xavier Jimenez. Brendan Arifin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Chris Petrakis. Scotty Pippen. Carewise Gamgee. Streak. Meet. Virginia. Super Swaggy 64. Rise of the Sunshine Yolo Squire. Wow. Oh, that's a rare 64 game. I love it. Cameron Hansen. Dungeon Kappa. MC Hamster. Zach Weary? <laughs> Is this also you? Did we do something wrong? 
Did we just now notice that you have two accounts? We don't want to stop you from double pledging, but just want to make sure you know? Lip Duck. Stinklitch. Alan G. Jessum. Generally depressing. The Deadly Bulb. Elden Slick. Yeah! Ben Boha. Tobias Clark. Hey, Anthony, I'm glad you're doing better. Keep up the good work. Good job, uh -huh. Anthony. Ryan Stewart, AKA Revolver, smoke a lot. Andre Villanueva. Jonas Evan Volson. Calamity Carl. Chirp Juice. Estamena, Lord of Balls Pants. <laughs> Nick Johnson. The Davy Boy. Kenny M. Stephen Day. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. I think we got out of order somehow. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Lamb. Megan McCormick Mason. Ninja Redmen. A pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. Got little old moi, pretty French. David Gray. Peanutburg, level 69. Bryce Diury. Matthew. Matthew <laughs> Brettato. Matthew. <laughs> Dr. Chocula. Garbson. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Moon juice. Burger's lack of creativity this month. It happens to all of us, Burger. I feel you, Burger. We support you, Burger. Some of Chad's bird friends. Nicholas Maloney. Midwest Indigo 13. Thomas Jancis. SSJ Trogdor. Aaron Lord. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Lee. Dr. Egg Drop Suitman. Dunnage Warehouse. The Grisha McEvil? She'll send you to the Elm Realm. Damn! Your best friend's gonna be a mutant astronaut. <laughs> Henry Torbear. Adam Knapp. Mike. Spaghetti. Jones. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Milkbunk. Mr. Misfire. Chris. Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. Skulaturan. David Lynch. XXX. Brendan Fraser. 666. Can happen. Yoplin. Philip Reynolds. Soggy newspapers. Chris Kaluka. Dakota Kemp. John W. Detroit Red. Nathan Gurney. R.R. Davis Crafts Ryanimator. <laughs> Sounds like a good beer. Oh, ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, hopefully not an IPA though. I don't like this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the. I'll, I'll drink yours, Chad. If it's a, if oh it's yeah, I'll, I'll give you my IPA, baby. Scott Wable. Kit Bush. Nine seven six. Evil. Elden Lord and Queen Consort to Best Girl Rani, Dr. Mr. Unimportant. Great choice, Dr. Mr. Unimportant. Agreed, Rani forever. Rani forever, bring the moons or something. Rocco! Uh, George Hell. Kiwi of Lerv. Serial Killer X. Ali Safe. Liam Rogers. Evan Bowen. Zach Bentley. Benjamin Luther. Greg Musto. Dennis Wright. Hover the Moon. Edgar's Crashes. Cameron Gunzevald. Vosivi. Matt Septor. Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vivizen, parentheses, close parentheses. <laughs> Dakota Kipper. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rose. Sprinkle Buns. Only two of us monkeys have escaped the torture of Lord Kevin's grasp. The rest are doomed to write more goosebumps, so-called... Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I, I need to know how it ends. I need to know how it ends. Wait, wait. It goes on to the second oh line. Oh, my Kevin's charismatic, cock chaotic cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> that was unheard of. Maybe it's another one. Who knows? What? What's happening? What? What's happening? Kevin's just stunned by it. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, charismatic, chaotic, cock-a-doodle-doo sounds like a compliment. You ever see Rock-a-doodle? That movie's great. I'm so confused. And no, it's not, Chad. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> You're my shot to Claire, Kevin. It's an adequate pipe. 
Anthony Rodriguez. <laughs> B. Jeff Webb, who is this Patreon subscriber's fiance, is a big baby and is well aware this statement is being read from the book of, oh, of names. Congratulations, of names. guys. Yeah, congrats. Oh, congrats on being engaged and also for using the Patreon to shame each other. That's cool. That's beautiful, Not I think. shame each other. It's like whatever you guys do, King Kids. It's fun. It's a fun thing they're doing for each other. I love it. Julius the Nice Dragon. Disgraced former Reverend Odin's eyehole MD. What you do, eyehole? What you do wrong? <laughs> what you do right? Toraku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we said that. That was fun. Yeah, it's funny. It was a funny I like time. That. I like remembering times when we were funny. Yeah. Like we're funny now, <laughs> but it's nice to remember other times when we were funny. Yeah. Hilda B. Spencer Y. Jonathan McCanninch. Ollie Sutz. Kate the Great. Mikert. James Stavrinos. <laughs> oh, my. I got a little, got a little, little, little verklempt just to <laughs> hear that name. I thought about Greek yogurt. Gelato-kun. Pug Dad. Papa Snack. Cassandra Harris. Gulliver. And welcome to these new patrons with such horrifying and frightening names as Soap. <laughs> ah, Melee Player's Worst Nightmare. That's right, got him. Big <laughs> Nick Lane. And finally, Kira and Brian are big fans, and let's hope they do not get into a name war in our book of names like those other people did. Thank you all for supporting. We love you. You can use the book for whatever you want. You go ahead and fight. Yeah, me. yeah, it's yours. You're paying yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> 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 Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.